Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, my friends, and welcome, of course, to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And we start today's podcast, or show, call it what you will, with a sensational claim that despite losing, yeah, losing the Champions League final, Man City are now apparently the biggest club in Manchester. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. An outrageous statement. And it was made by Trevor Sinclair, a former Man City player, would you believe? And obviously it was correctly rubbished by the wonderful Jamie O'Hara. I think Manchester City are leading the way. Um, they're catching up financially uh, each year. Oh, come uh, on, Trevor. The way that the blueprint of the football club. Go, um, Trevor. The investment, the playing staff, uh, what they're winning year in, year out. Trev. I think For me, I, I think, listen, you, you can, again... You, you were playing Gillingham. You, I mean, how many people have I come yeah. on and talking about, oh, we were playing Gillingham and Tranmere 20 years ago? Come on. If you look at, say I was asked to go to a football club, forget about my loyalties. Mm-hmm. What club are you going to go to? Manchester United. Oh. But what I'm saying is, when you look at the fundamentals and the foundations of the football club, the recruitment, the playing staff, the stadium, the training ground, winning trophies year in, year out, Manchester United do not do that. At right, this listen, present time. So for whatever, me, whatever Manchester about City this, are a bigger club. Now, Gareth Southgate will trim his final England squad down to 26 for the Euros later on today, with many speculating that Raheem Sterling or Marcus Rashford might miss out. Really? I've heard no speculation at all. Anyway, on The Breakfast Show, Jeremy O'Hara told Danny Kelly that he expects Sterling to make the final squad, but he'd personally leave him at home. Out of three, I've got Mason Greenwood... Ollie Watkins or Raheem Sterling. I can't see it happening, but I just look at the way his his performances have been in the last few months. He he is the player that's out of form. Now, England should be picking players on form. They should be picking players that are fit. And he's one that there's a big question mark over him. Whether he he changes his performances for England is another thing, but he, he hasn't been great. I don't know how he started the Champions League final based on his form, but he did. He was poor. Reese James had in his pocket. I think Marcus Rashford's place on form would, would be in jeopardy. And what about uh, Sterling? If you're saying well, Rashford, Sterling as well. Exactly, and, and that's, that's what worries me. I want to be confident about England's chances, but Sterling's not in form. Rashford isn't in form. You wonder how the transfer saga is going to affect Harry Kane. 
I just think there's a lot of players in that squad who are going into it with some kind of question to answer. Comes back to Trent Alexander-Arnold. It's 2-0 now. You're taking all the right backs, are you? Yes, one, because I think Trent can play midfield. And I think okay. he's already talking about that Southgate, about potentially playing Trent in midfield. You've got to take I mean, Trippier. He's just won the league. I, and, I, I, and, and he's the one I've left out because uh, for various reasons. But um, absolutely. He's, he's got tournament and he's got tournament experience. And he was man. brilliant for England in the World Cup. Of course he was. Yeah, I get it. I don't think he will take all right backs. We shall see. Thank you for your effort. And thank you for demonstrating to people just how difficult this is going to be for Gareth Southgate. There seems to be, it's like, it's an outrage over Trent. No one's not saying that he's not a very talented and gifted footballer. Sometimes I think uh, defensively he ball watches. You look at Reese James's performance over the season and especially on Saturday. And Reese James recently has been playing as the right-sided centre-half for Chelsea. You can't take four right-backs. I think he misses out. Now, Naomi Osaka has withdrawn from the French Open tennis. Japan's world number two was warned she may be expelled from the tournament after failing to give a press conference after her first round victory. Osaka has said that she wouldn't speak to the media due to the effect on her mental health. She's also revealed she suffered from anxiety and depression and will take some time away from the game. The Times' tennis correspondent Barry Flatman told the press box earlier this evening that her boycott of press duties could lead to others following. The potential is certainly there. I think, I think there's a lot of sympathy for Naomi amongst her fellow players because it's not stretching the point too much. that If this pressure continued, she, she might just bow out of the game and say, I don't want to play tennis anymore. End of story. So I don't think anyone wants to see that. Quite possibly, people might say, well, Naomi Osaka did it, so why do I have to do it? She is a very, very shy person. She doesn't feel comfortable in the spotlight. That said, she is a brilliant tennis player and she's a wonderful talent. And you can take her point of view that she doesn't want to be subjected to the stresses that, that the likes of me can sometimes put on her. These players do have an obligation. If it wasn't for the press, then they wouldn't be earning the sort of money that they're earning. And I don't just mean prize money, I mean endorsements. So I can see both sides of the argument. I think she did it in a very well-natured way. I don't think there's any malice in what she's doing. Now, despite wanting him to fail, Danny Murphy has said that Thomas Tuchel deserves a lot of the credit for winning the Champions League with Chelsea. The former Blues defender Mario Melchior also said that the German is now on a different level. But first, this is Moni Moni Simon Jordan claiming that Tuchel is the perfect example of a modern manager. I bet Simon would have still sacked him though, wouldn't he? Yeah. If someone's really good at their job, like this guy is, and he has the fundamental tools, which a lot of football clubs do have when managers come in, it's the fact that the manager isn't getting the best from those players, then you start to see a narrative built up. He walked through the door and said, I've got 18 months to win the Champions League or the Premier League, and set his, out, set his stall out. Now, nobody anticipated or expected him to have performed the way he did. He clearly had the tools, and a lot of the tools that he's utilised, you have to give credit, are tools that have been recruited and put into play by Frank Lampard. But this is the real deal. When you look at football managers now, he is the perfect embodiment of a 21st century football manager in terms of the way he articulates himself to the media, the way he concentrates the players' minds, the way that he will play to the strengths of the, of the players that he's got. Now, great through ball, Hammond's got it round the goalkeeper, taps it in! 
one, Chelsea lead Manchester City. And the ability to be able to get these players to understand his message mm. is something that's there. To, that to me, it shouldn't be a revelation. It should be how football managers operate. Whatever level you're at, if you're a League One manager or you're a Champions League manager, you have a skill set relative to the job that's in hand. I didn't want him to do well because I like Frank and Jody. You know, they're people I know well and I thought, I hope he fails. I hope this, I hope this backfires on Chelsea because I thought, you know what, that's it's cruel. He's done a right job. He deserved longer. But you can't help but hold your hands up and go, well played. I mean, he really has nailed down a system. He's, he's actually given most players an opportunity as well. And from giving them the opportunities, create competition for places, and then they get the rewards with that fantastic performance. When he came in, the start of him, you felt like the time was maybe really short for him, but it's four months he had. And then you don't expect someone to take it all the way straight away in the first season. But the way he did it, oh, I remember the time when people were talking about it, like when he came over and, you know, even the way he was handling the players, they were like, oh, you know, technically you could see that he was a different on a different level. But just his character, I think it flowed really quickly into the team. Now, in the last episode, you'll remember that there were calls from Golo Kante Conte to win the Ballon Balloon d'Or. d'Or. Well, we'll hear from Mario Melchior and Jamie O'Hara on that shortly. But first up, here's Danny Murphy, claiming that the Frenchman is the greatest defensive midfielder of the Premier League era. Able to drive forward, who's there, Conte? Brilliantly timed challenge in front of the referee. This player's become arguably the greatest player in that position we've seen. Well, I've seen in the Premier League in that in that position. And what, what he's done so well, I think, especially the last couple of seasons, he, he's not just been a destructive, tenacious, athletic, defensive midfielder. He's also become quite productive with his runs forward with the ball. Conte coming around the back. And he got his header in, got between two Manchester City players, but it was a difficult chance off balance and he steered it wide. He was absolutely fantastic. In my opinion, he, he should be he should be close to potentially winning the Ballon d'Or because he's had man of the matches in pretty much every big game this season for Chelsea. He's been man of the match. So he is absolutely Awesome. And yeah, you, you mentioned Makaleli, who I, in my opinion, was one of the greatest defensive midfielders of all time. I think N'Golo Conti now has probably surpassed him. Sometimes they walk next to you, eh? They look like your little brother. But the moment they put the kit on, they become your big brother. And I feel like Conte is something like that. You know, it's like you see this little guy, you look at him, you go, why would I be scared of a man like you? And then when you be on the field with him, you go like, oh, this giant, well, this little man becomes a giant and he runs it. He ran the show. Uh, Chelsea without him, I mean, Tuchel said it himself. He said, like, I, 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 he was the way he was talking, he said, like, I don't want to start this game without him because he knows that what he brings to the team. For me, arguably, we can talk about different kind of players. I mean, Harvard scored a great goal and stuff like that. But, guys, who brings the balance in the team is always, for me, the leader. And that's why contest for me is. On now to Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar Monday to Thursday from 10pm. With, of course, not Andy Goldstein. I was on drive time yesterday, as I am all week. Anyway, usually when I'm not there, the show is a 1 or 2 out of 10. Although last night's was a 3 out of 10, because Adam Catchell and Perry Groves were there. It has all come together in Portugal tonight. Manchester City vanquish. And Chelsea are the kings of Europe for the second time. 
Now, off the back of the weekend, there has been a bit on social media, and I've been paying attention to it. Maybe it's driven by Chelsea fans who are now saying that Chelsea are a bigger club than Arsenal. Now, on the face of it, on the face of it, you would go, come on, boys, you're getting carried away. Maybe a bit of recency bias has kicked in there because of the Champions League win at the weekend. But as you delve deep into the numbers, there is an argument where we can justify that Chelsea are now a bigger side, a bigger club than Arsenal. Richard, no, Richard, no, no, no. I'll I'm give not, you that. I'm not taking this into. I'm not taking money involved in it or anything. You like have that. to with Chelsea. Why do you? Because they wouldn't have been successful what they are without the investment of Roman Abramovich. Yeah, but they are being successful. They put that yes. to the test. There's other teams out there that have had a boatload of money, mate, that haven't been as successful as uh, as Chelsea over the over the last what is it since he came in 2005 was it when he came? Yes, since that period of time. So the yeah. last 15, 16 years they've been incredibly successful because of what's gone on on the pitch. At this particular time, Chelsea are a better team and a richer club. Arsenal's history goes back, as you just mentioned there, so you years. build. Yeah, but that's it. That's the point. If Chelsea are as successful in the next five to ten years with the same amount of trades winning, then there'd be another argument. But at the moment, there's people getting carried away just because of uh, Premier League and you're going to go on to Champions Leagues. Yeah. Then on that argument then, that mm. means Nottingham Forest would be a bigger club than Arsenal because they won uh, the old European Cup twice. Now, if that's not in a nutshell, I don't know what is. Now, Morecambe needed extra time to secure promotion to the third tier of English football after beating Newport by a goal to nil in the League Two playoff final at Wembley, a game which was live on TalkSport 2. We'll hear from defeated boss Michael Flynn, but first up, it's the shrimp scaffer Derek Adams on the club reaching the third tier of English football for the first time ever. He's handed the trophy, he throws it to the sky, and Morecambe make history at Wembley. League One football will be at the Mazuma Stadium next season. We've got the lowest wage bill in, out of the 92 clubs in, in English football and uh, that just shows you that you don't have to have the most money to be the best team in the league and uh, we have been, we've proven that this season. My players throughout the season have had a will, they've had a determination uh, to win football matches. Penalty! He was fouled! Just inside the box, John O'Sullivan, and at the start of the second period of extra time, Morecambe have got a penalty kick. I'm looking at it now, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an overhit ball in behind, it's outside the box anyway, any contact, he's threw himself in the box. I don't want to go too deep into it because it sounds like sour grapes, you know. I've said they need VAR in these massive, massive games, um, and it'd help if they had a competent referee. That's it. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm back on Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show at 4pm today with Darren Goff alongside. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day, and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. 